0: Good morning, Nancy. My name is Gracie. And I'm Abby. If you're new to the show, welcome. Abby and I have been friends since the day she was born. We love drinking coffee and talking about our favorite horror movies together. You can find our episodes, blog posts, merch, and more by going over to www.goodmorningnancy.com. We work really hard on these episodes and do a lot of research. Show us how much you appreciate our work and head on over to patreon.com goodmorningnancy. Remember, that's morning with an OU. Today we're going to be talking about the 2011 home invasion movie, You're Next. The film was written by Simon Barrett, directed by Adam Wingard, and stars Sharni Vinson, Nicholas Tucci, I like that last name. Me too. <laughs> and Wendy Glenn. Listeners might recognize Adam Wingard's name from the recent Netflix movie Death Note, which is based on the manga by Tsugumi Oba. So Barrett wrote the film after Wingard told him that he wanted to do a home invasion movie, noting that they were the only films that like really frightened him. Mm-hmm. From there, Barrett wrote the script and... He was actually inspired by Agatha Christie mysteries, like Then There Were None and Mousetrap. So he, yeah, he sort of did like a whodunit horror film, yeah. which isn't seen a lot. It's, Can I
1: tell you, I yeah. read um, And Then There Were None in third grade.
0: In third grade? Yes.
1: Whoa. My third grade teacher had a copy of it out and like she had this little library of books that uh-huh. we could like borrow and that was one of them and i was fascinated because the this particular cover had like an axe with an a native american's head like chopped off yeah 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 and i was like i'm gonna read this (laughs) it was like mixed in with all the rl stein books and i was like (laughs) something tells me this is not supposed to be here but i'm gonna read it anyway third grade wow yeah early exposure Yeah. That's great, yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't remember it though. Oh well, it's basically <laughs> your next, but yeah. without all of the the gore, I yeah. guess. <laughs> so a Barrett would later note that Bay of Blood was also probably in the back of his mind when oh. he was writing the film. Yes, <laughs> it's an Italian horror film that came out in 1971 if you haven't seen it. The film was shot in 2011 at a mansion in Columbia, Missouri. The filming process took place over about four weeks, and the shooting consisted mostly of night shots and filmed from like, I think, 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. And yeah, and that was it. Your next was done. It premiered on September 10th, 2011, at the 2011 Toronto International Film Festival. Uh, which was part of like the Midnight Ma- Madness program. Mm-hmm. And then it was theatrically released on August 23, 2013 in the United States. The film grossed over $26 million at the box office on a mere budget of $1 million and in a sense gained a cult following. Nice. Critics considered the film a success with the consensus being that the film will please horror buffs and beyond excellent excellent everyone (laughs) wins so with that said abby could you please remind us all of the plot
1: sure so your next is about a group of 30 something i would say siblings who gather at their parents 30
0: age not 30 siblings
1: (laughs) it's like a colony of bunnies (laughs) Yes, so they're like th- in their thirties, okay. um, and they they all gather at their um, parents' like country home, yeah. and their parents are really affluent; like they have a lot, a lot of money, and um, so they're there for an anniversary dinner. And there's three brothers and one sister, and our our two like main siblings that the movie focuses on are um, Crispin and his girlfriend Erin. And so they all gather at the home for dinner. And as they're eating dinner, of course, an argument erupts among the siblings. But as the argument is happening... They're attacked by outsiders. So the sister's boyfriend, like, notices somebody outside and he stands up from the table. And there's just an arrow that, like, comes shooting through the window directly into his forehead. And he turns around and everybody at the table just starts freaking out. So that's the first attack. I mean, every time I watch that, I forget that it happens. Yeah. And I mean, it's really creepy because it's this, like, really old farmhouse. And it's beautiful. Like, the setting is so awesome. But it's definitely, like, you can tell it was built in, like, the early 1900s-ish, maybe. So it's got that, like, old creepy vibe. And, um, like, the parents, the mom thinks that there's somebody in the house when they, like, come home and everything. And she freaks out. But the dad's like, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. Well, it turns out that there were people hiding in the house watching the family. So they're kind of picked off one by one. So first it's the sister's boyfriend. And then she, the sister, tries like running out the front door to get help. But she like slashes her throat open on like a razor wire. And there's like all these other like traps and stuff that are set by these invaders um, to kill off the family. So people are like dying left and right. and yeah, it's like a, a an adult home alone movie. Yes, it seriously is. So Crispin, our like sort of main character, like makes a mad dash for the cars and tries to drive and he's like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the neighbors and go get help or whatever. Oh, I should know also that there is a neighbor down the road a little ways, but he is actually murdered in the beginning of the movie.
0: Yeah, he he and his his girlfriend are the first victims, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. So there's nobody around to help them. So Crispin leaves and Aaron, who we don't really know that much about, like goes into full fight mode and she starts like setting all these booby traps up around the house and she's like, "Okay, we got to lock all the doors and windows and we have to do this this and this if we're going to like live through this." And everybody's like, oh, this is weird. Why are you acting like this? And it turns out that Erin was actually, she's Australian and she was raised on a survivalist compound. So she knows all of these like crazy survival skills. And she's like, "Nah, I'm not going down without a fight. So she does everything that she can to like protect the family and stuff. And finally, everyone has been killed off and we find out that there was a plot between Crispin and Felix, I think is the younger brother's name. Yeah.
0: So, out of the three brothers, two of them are planning to like kill everyone. But yeah. they hired these guys, right? To yeah. kill them. Yeah.
1: So, they basically wanted to just kill off the whole family so that they could um, inherit all of their parents' fortune. And they were going to split it between themselves and like this group of people that they actually hired to kill their parents. So (laughs) Aaron is like, what the even heck is going on? She kills Felix and his girlfriend because they were like the last survivors. And then Crispin calls Felix's phone and Aaron answers it. And Crispin basically is like, hey, is it safe to come in there? Is it all done yet? Sorry that I left, but you knew I couldn't handle like all of the blood and stuff. And Aaron is like, what the F? So... Crispin comes inside and he's like oh man you look like you've been through the ringer because she's like covered in blood and she's limping she like jumped out of a window at one point so she's got like glass shards in her leg and she's like what the hell is going on here (laughs) so he explains the whole plot and then she stabs him and he's like why and she's like why the f not she's like at this point i've already like killed a bunch of people so at one point in the movie aaron gets the opportunity to, to call the police so as she's stabbing crispin the police officer like sees her through the window like killing crispin so he shoots her in the shoulder and the police officer gets ready to like walk into the house but because aaron has set all these crazy booby traps there's like an axe trap uh, that's like tied to the front door, so Aaron's like, "No, no, wait, don't walk in!" And the officer like opens the door, and he's like bludgeoned to death. Yeah, that's your next. It's a pretty wild ride.
0: Yeah, so, that's the end. The policeman's a, policeman it's a gets bloody killed. one. Yeah, yeah. I think you like this movie a little bit more than I do. Uh, yeah, which is why I'm really excited to hear like what you have to say about it. Yes. Um, but before we get into discussion, let's talk about the Bechtel test. Yes, it passes. Wee-hoo! It passes when Aaron and Z are talking about how Aaron has mad survival skills.
1: And Z is Felix's girlfriend. Yes. Yeah. And
0: how she, uh, Aaron, was raised in the survivalist compound in Australia.
1: Oh, I hate Z.
0: Z's yeah. the worst. She's the She's... best, but the worst. Oh. Yeah. She's so cringy. Yeah. And so, guys, this is a very special episode because. Uh, We would like to add that in the past, we have reviewed these horror movies with the Bechdel Test in mind. Now, everyone should know what the Bechdel Test is, but in case you're new to all this feminism (laughs) thing, the Bechdel Test is based on Alison Bechdel's long-running comic, Dykes to Watch Out For. The premise is to find a movie where there are simply two females with names who speak to each other about something other than a man. This test is incredibly hard to pass for some reason, but surprisingly, a lot of horror films do pass it. Not 100%, as you all know, especially if you've been listening to our show for a while, but a lot of the time it does, which makes horror a really great genre for women. Yeah. But we here at Good Morning Nancy feel that even though we love this genre, there's always room for improvement. And even though the Bechtel test is a very important test, it's true that in order for films and certain genres to be inclusive, we should have more than just one test. Mm-hmm. So uh, 5038.com had a great article back in December of 2017, which I've attached in the show notes if you guys are all interested, where they talked about the new Bechtel test and the questions that could be on these tests. We're not going to use all of these tests on our show uh, because it—it's unfortunately it would take too long. Yeah. Some of the questions from the few tests that are in this article, though, uh, I've sort of created for us on this uh, on our show to kind of like fit the horror genre. Uh, I want to say I know this test isn't perfect, but I hope that for us it's at least a good step in the right direction for us to be more inclusive. Uh, when we talk about our favorite horror movies. Mm -hmm. So, number one, was the supporting cast at least 50% women? Two, did a woman write, direct, or produce this film? Three, was the final girl a person of color? And four, were there any openly LGBTQ characters in the film? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's uh pour your next. They gotta go <laughs> they gotta go through the test first. I know. Okay, so you're next. Number one, the cast almost makes it to fifty percent female. Mm. There are three or four more guys in the film, which if you think about it, for a film in general, it's not that bad. It doesn't pass, but I'm actually pretty impressed with how many females are in this film. Yeah. Two, uh, there were two female producers for this film, Jessica Wu and Kim Sherman. Three, uh, the final girl was not a person of color. In fact, nobody in this film was a person of color. Everyone in this film is white. And four, there were no LGBTQ characters in this film. So... We hope you guys are okay with these additions to the Bechtel test that we've added for our show because we both think it's important for us to talk about this kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Okay, so let's get started. So Adam Wingard, Abby had been making movies for 10 years before making your next. What? Yeah. Are you a little bit surprised? Yes. Because I am too. Um, what? What is really weird is that he this movie is sort of like not someone's like 10th movie but like somebody's like first movie yeah do you think like i don't know when i watched this i was like this is probably his second or third movie because mm-hmm. i know he did one like uh, a horrible way to die was one of his movies before oh, this one
1: yeah that makes sense yeah
0: and so i thought okay well this isn't his first one It's probably his second or third no he's been doing this for like 10 years
1: that's so wild yeah
0: and i kind of thought okay like Come on, man. Like, that's
1: actually really funny because there's that little like quip during dinner when uh, one of the brothers is talking to the sister's boyfriend about what he does. And he's like, oh, I'm a filmmaker. And he's just being. And that's Ty West. Real,
0: like, and Ty West is an actual film director. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
1: And the brother is being such a dirtbag about it. He's yeah. just like, you know what I love? commercials and the guy is like oh my god shut up so I'm sure that he's like used to that kind of
0: (laughs) right well and like as good as this film is I'm a little disappointed because this is not I don't know nothing against Adam Wingard I just felt like this movie didn't feel like he had been doing movies for 10 years. Like it kind of felt very amateurish.
1: I got to say so, though, um have you seen A Horrible Way to Die? I've actually never seen it. It's really good. Um but I definitely like Your Next a lot better. Okay. Um but I mean it has like kind of the same feel to it and now that you point that out cuz I didn't know that it was the same director, but now I can see it. And I I definitely think that he has improved since then that's good i mean
0: hey listen i can't make a movie so kudos to you
1: oh good morning nancy is proudly sponsored by recess coffee
0: we wouldn't be able to create such great content without being fueled by their magical beans and the great part is is that each batch of coffee is locally artisanally roasted and it comes from fair trade farmers gracie what's your favorite blend Oh, my gosh. Okay, so my favorite blend is the Westcott blend. It has African and Indonesian beans mixed to create a clean, rich, and full-bodied cup of coffee. Mm. It has a rich floral vanilla aroma with a sugared almond flavor and a lemon finish.
1: Yum. Oh, delicious. My favorite is the Austin's blend. It's a unique blend of African, Indonesian, and Central American beans roasted to create a characteristically rich, dark, and smoky cup. It has a bold roasted nut aroma with chocolate flavors and a smooth, fruity finish. The coffee is seriously so good. I don't even have to put any cream or sugar in it. I just drink it black like my soul.
0: Mm -hmm. So guys, head on over to RecessCoffee.com to order
1: yours today. Or if you're a Syracuse local, stop by either shop at 110 Harvard Place or 110 Montgomery Street. So So drink drink coffee, shoot
0: shoot lightning. lightning. Now back to the show. So, writer Simon Barrett and director Adam Wingard felt that there were a lot of home invasion movies where, like, the same tropes were used over and over again. Like, someone is tied to a chair or tortured or a woman is sexually assaulted or is, like, the the product of about to be sexually assaulted. And they wanted to change that up. They thought that that was bogus. So... That's why they had this whole idea of, like, home invasion movie meets Agatha Christie, where there's, like, a legit mystery as to why the family is being targeted. Yeah. Uh, Adam Wingard said, quote, a lot of those home invasion films in the last few years have all been, like, motivational, motivationless.
1: Yeah.
0: The killers and the plot were more or less based on randomness, which is scary, but it's been done, like, over and over, as we all know. It was done very effectively in them and the strangers. We didn't want to repeat that. So, Abby, do you think that this is one of the reasons your next has been as popular as it has been over these few years?
1: Yeah, because I think um, and like obviously before we talk about like the social roles of horror and stuff like that, but like I think it came out at a time when the like lower class was going after the upper class. Because it was like around the time when um, like Anonymous was really popular. And well, they've been popular for a while, but like that was really gaining a lot of ground. And this movie like put that into words kind of. Yeah. And so it was like that kind of like the less fortunate are now preying on, you know, these rich people and yeah, I don't like I, nothing really comes to mind as far as films that have done that before. Yeah, so. this whole like
0: for hire like home invasion movie is Yeah, cuz so... like you
1: see you have like assassination movies and stuff like that, but those are more like spy thrillers. They're not really scary. No. Where this with like masked intruders. I think that was the really what got people was like the creepy animal masks too. Cause it's not like a freaking what are they called balaclava or whatever. Yeah, it's not like what you would typically see people wearing. Right, and like
0: during like the two thousands, like music videos, I feel like had like those animal masks. (laughs) Like uh, all I
1: can think of is like Martin Giroux or whatever his name uh is that freaking techno song. I feel like that was like a
0: thing. Um, so I thought it was kind of funny that they all had animal masks. Yeah, I was like, yeah, that was like a trend. Like, yes. that was a thing back then. Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, like, Mates of States had, I think, animal yeah. masks. Like, yeah, yeah. it's so crazy. Oh, my God. Um, so, speaking of like animal masks, like, what did you think of the animal masks, like, in terms of like the killers and like, did it match? like did it like accentuate the personalities of each of the killers in the movie like there's a tiger there's a lamb and there's a fox and the tiger is first to die he gets his head smashed in with the tenderizer and the fox is the smallest and the quickest one and the lamb is like more aggressive he's like the one who like it like shoves like felix up against the wall and he's like gets mad at him kind of thing so do you think that it that it, like, what do you think is, like, the symbolism behind, like, the animals that have chosen, plus, like, the personalities of the killers?
1: Um, well, I think, like, the the lamb one was supposed to be kind of ironic, I guess. Yeah. and He's then, definitely
0: the scariest one. Yeah, he is, now.
1: because you, he, I think, is he the only one that, like, you don't see his whole face? You only see him when he, you only see half of it, because he takes the mask off and he's still got, like, half of his face covered.
0: Yeah, because the Fox one, he has like a beard kind of, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I just watched this. And I I'm know. Like- well, and they're all soldiers, too, it sounds like. Yes, so they're they, all they like all- mercenaries. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, mercenaries are scary, man. Yeah, In any story that they are ever in, I'm always like, oh, God, gross. Yeah. But um, I don't know if it was really done on purpose by the filmmakers, but... Yeah, the animals I just
0: felt like they chose were really interesting. And I was like, I wonder, like, fox, lamb, tiger. I'm like, I wonder why. But
1: yeah, for the longest time, I thought there was like a bunny in the mix, too. I don't know why, but. No, there isn't. I but, know. But
0: yeah, that all of a sudden I had that image in my head like, there should be. <laughs>
1: yes, <laughs> right?
0: So the title is so incredibly horror sounding. Yeah. Which is so great, and I guess you know I, that's what they're going for. No one's first and your next is a modest mouse song, and I think that's where one of them—I don't know if it was Adam or Simon—but that's where they got the name from. And then I don't know; it kind of sounds like a grindhouse movie too. And you think like your next
1: looks like a grindhouse movie, kind of. Yeah, uh, I think that's why I like it so much. Yeah,
0: keep talk about like like its connections to grindhouse movies.
1: Um, it. Well, like the whole like splattering of You're Next, like and the titles and everything, Um, even down to like the music, there's a record that plays over and over and over again in the neighbor's house, which, by the way, the neighbor is played by Larry Fassenden, I think is his name. He is also like a a crazy horror director and actor and stuff. He was in uh, You Would Know Him from I Sell the Dead oh yeah he plays like the other grave robber guy yes, yeah so like and seeing him in there kind of had that like weird like b-movie like grindhouse feel to it and then like even the beginning i don't know what it is like older men and younger girls just like screams grindhouse to me so that probably plays into it a little bit too and like just freaking aaron's character reminds me of like zoe bell because, you know, I think Zoe Bell is from New Zealand and stuff. So she's not Australian. Yeah. But, like, she just had that, like, really tough, like, just get, that, get it done that attitude. sort
0: of like I spit on your grave type thing. Yes. Where it's, like, the, the just the killer comes out. Like, you have effed up everything that I love and you're dead to me yes and I'm gonna kill you now yes yeah. because
1: Crispin was like we never knew that you were gonna be this good at killing people <laughs> and it's kind of scary oh no and it's like well you know because she says too like I haven't even told Crispin that I grew up on this compound when she's talking to Z about it but yeah yeah
0: so let's talk a little bit more about Erin yes. uh so she's a badass yes uh Sharni Vincent Vinson carries this entire film Yes, she does. She is the best actress out of everyone in this film. I kind of have... This is one of my issues with the film. I think the acting is legit horrible. Yes, um, yes, yes. Which kind yeah, of yeah, also yeah. reminds me of a Grindhouse movie. Yes! Which I don't know if it's on purpose or what. But, like, I feel like this, this entire movie is miscast, except for Aaron. I think, like, that's just my opinion, though. I really like the parents. Really, I feel like the parents are too young. They seem too young for really? them. Really? Yeah. Um, the mom, at least the mom, looks too young.
1: The mom. Do you know who the mom is? Who's the mom? Barbara Crampton. Oh. She's on Reanimator, and she yes. was in <gasps> Castle Freak that we just talked about. Oh
0: my god.
1: Yeah. So.
0: Oh my god, I did not recognize her.
1: Yes.
0: What? I know. So that makes me think that maybe it is intentional, that they're sort of miscasting. Well, there's a bunch of of cameos in there. There are, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, my God. That's so great. Thank you for sharing that with me.
1: Yes. And also, the girl who plays the sister is the main character in A Horrible Way to Die. Okay, yeah. And I think Crispin plays her boyfriend. Crispin is in that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Yeah. yeah, there's like a bunch of like crossover actors and stuff, too, that really, you know add to that feeling I think
0: yeah well you know when you put it that way I can definitely see that and in all honesty it does add to that grindhouse feeling which I think is really neat for sure so um g- going back to Sharney Vinson she actually auditioned as an American like with an American accent and Wingard was like you have to keep your Australian accent because yes! it just adds to your toughness yeah yeah and she was like oh okay and she was like this is what Americans think of Australians? Okay. <laughs>
1: Oh my God! Are you kidding? You have to be tough to live there. Everything is trying to kill you. Everything is huge. Every single thing. You got Uh, snakes, spiders, komodo dragons. Everything. It's a wild ride um, in the outback.
0: Kangaroos. True. Will just punch you in the gut with their feet. Mm, Koalas. Koalas are nasty. Koalas. (laughs) I thought that that was really neat, and I, you know, to me, I just think that that's wonderful because then she can. Kind of represent her country yes. in that way, and I just yeah. I just think that that's really great. Mm-hmm. So while watching reviews about this film, everyone talked about how Aaron was so incredibly badass, like Ripley from the Alien franchise. Mm-hmm. Abby, why do you think audiences and critics really like seeing this type of woman prevail?
1: Um, because she's not. Like an empty character, she has a story and she has a past, and she's smart enough to figure things out on her own.
0: Yeah, and there's a reason mm-hmm. why she knows what she knows. Like, I feel like so many final girls come off as like Mary Sue type characters. Yeah, who can like outwit and beat up a, a killer uh, just because they can for plot reasons. But Erin actually has a real reason why she could do all of these really badass things.
1: Yeah. And, well, yeah, and she like she doesn't know any of these people, and she doesn't have to help them, but she's like, "Nope, like we're all gonna get through it, and I'm gonna save as many people as I can, which is a completely selfless thing to do, and it just I think it just adds to the ferocity of her character because yeah, she's like she's looking out for herself, but she's also like, "Well, I can't let these other people just die, you know, that's great, yeah, yeah." Well,
0: thank you so much, Abby, and thank you guys all so much for listening. If you like this episode, check out all of our other episodes at www.goodmorningnancy.com. If you think that we're doing a good job and you'd like to see more from us, uh, help us out at patreon.com goodmorningnancy. And you can follow us on Twitter at goodmorningnan. You can follow us on Instagram at goodmorningnancypodcast. And you can follow us on Facebook at Good Morning nancy and that's morning with an O. you guys don't mess it up
1: no don't do it don't you you better don't
0: (laughs) (laughs) thank you guys so much for listening and we're gonna see you next time
1: bye